Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. We are back. Hey! To yep. the Awakened Reality Deep History Podcast. Brought to you by... Another Vermont beer. Mountain Ale. Hey, hey. This is a light brown, rugged brown ale. Yeah, yeah rugged brown ale. 35 IBUs. Yep. I don't know what that means. I bet you're going to get hammered. <laughs> I bet you. You are. I bet you you're going to get hammered. I bet you. <laughs> it's 7.4%. So again, we it's like nah. it's interesting. It seems like the best beers, the ones which are really the craft beers and the real tasty ones, tend to be higher in alcohol. Yeah, this has got a good taste to it, though. Yeah, this is uh, this is nice. It's my kind of beer. I mean, I like all beers. But. It's got a little a little bit of a, a sweet taste, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I like that, but it's not so dark mm-hmm. that it's uh, um, harsh at first. It's got a oh, nice, no. it goes down real well. Yeah, it's kind of a stronger second taste. Yeah. Let us know what you taste. folks think about Mountain Ale, if, you, if you're if you down with that shit. Yeah, if you yeah. can get it. Um, so, yeah. Well, Steve, what are we doing today, buddy? So, today, it depends on um, our pacing, what we're doing today, but ah. we're going to continue talking about the mob. We talked about the mob a lot last time. You bastards. But now we're going to talk uh, more specifically about JFK and the mob, both him and his brother, um, John and Robert, and kind of their... Um, relationship with the mob and kind of what they did and also we'll, we'll get into some of the specific mob members who they were um, some statements they made things like that you know what's really cool about Robert Kennedy what's that is he really jammed on like you know like taking people to to, to, to you know to making them pay for what they did done that was wrong it was against the law and against the country mm-hmm. when he was in that position yeah I well, mean and I don't think there's been anybody that has dug so deep into something so important since then. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I can't think of. No. I can't think of anybody, at least anybody at, at that level. Yeah, and and you know, think about this too. Once you start learning about this, try to come up with anybody that you know that yeah. has done the kind of work and achieved the same kind of results. Yeah, and we're not talking about like in one state. Yeah. I mean, like at, at the national yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. there anybody yeah. who was so dogged? Yep. Um, yeah, he definitely. When you talk about Kennedy and the mob. RFK factors in, oh, yeah. you know, he's almost like the most important player, I think, he, as you'll, you'll hear. He was a tail, right? He was the tail that wagged the dog. <laughs> I don't know that he wagged the dog, but he was the tail. <laughs> um, so, so an interesting thing, just before we, we start start out, what's, what's interesting, we talk about, oh, you know, the Kennedy's going after the mob, and we're going to talk more about that, but there was widespread belief that JFK's father had connections with the mob, that the mob helped him with his um, business ventures. Well, I think half of that is true, documented Mm -hmm. true, and the other half is conjecture. I think the second half Mm -hmm. is conjecture. They can't prove that they... But probably like likely conjecture. Oh, yeah. you mean the... Well, I haven't even talked about right. the um, elections. Right, yeah. I mean, um, Joe Joe was definitely... Um, he had dealings with yeah. mob folks. So he definitely yeah. did. And I think it's, I think it's pretty well um, assured that the mob... 
was involved in in JFK's elections, at least to a certain extent. And it, we also, or people also think that the mob helped Kennedy win certain states in the presidential election. Maybe they weren't key involved. states, key states, yeah. important, yeah. important states. Yep. Um, and so, so anyway, that's why we're just. Um, you know, mentioning that right off the bat. Let me put it this way. I mean, if you don't know anything about the mob, okay, I get it. If you know a little bit about the mob, eh, maybe you'll get it. <clears throat> but if you know anything at all about the mob <clears throat> and what you've learned, not just from watching The Godfather, okay, there's two different things. <laughs> um, same but different. You're going to know that if, if somebody in as much power position as Joe Kennedy was mm -hmm. had dealings with the mob, there's absolutely no way the mob's not going to expect... Mm -hmm. Something back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so anyway, so well, just remember anywhere, that, right? right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like same thing for lobbyists. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh wait, lobbyists. No, no, they don't expect anything. They're yeah, just they, they just really believe in their candidate. They just want to give the money because it oh. makes them feel good about yeah. themselves. They don't want anything they, out of it. Yeah. I mean, because that would be, that would be very bad, and and people don't do bad things, do they, Steve? No, no. This is a democracy, so the people decide. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, so, um, so JFK is in the Senate. Yes, Senate. and uh, and Robert Kennedy was his brother. Look at this mess I made on my shirt. Can you believe uh, this? What a slob! Man, it's like honestly, my wife tells me all the time. Yes, ladies, I'm sorry, I'm married. <laughs> what can I say? Um, uh, we just lost like half our. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet, you know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt us. Um, so Robert <clears throat> Kennedy was an up-and-coming lawyer. And in 1956, 1957, right around that time period, um, Robert Kennedy became very concerned with the mob's takeover of labor unions. And then in, in, on January 30th, 1957, the U.S. Senate unanimously created the Senate Select Committee on Improper Activities, um, which came to be known as the McClellan Committee, um, named after its chairman, uh, Senator John L. McClellan, from Arkansas, and um, the they ultimately selected, I think with Joe's help, JFK's father's help, um, or intervention, the committee ultimately selected Robert F. Kennedy as their chief counsel. Right, right. Now let me ask you this, mm -hmm. hearing it from the listener's point of view, yeah. how, and, and say I'm a listener who's been watching since the beginning, since all of you have been. I'm sure they have. Um, <clears throat> So when you when you mentioned Castro and how he kicked all the mob out, mm -hmm. did the mob influence in America really get pumped up after, or was that before? I don't remember the dates you were talking. Like, yeah, yeah. What if if Castro didn't kick the mob out of Cuba? Mm -hmm. Would had would that have been an issue? And would Robert Kennedy need to have done what he did? Yeah, I think so because um, <clears throat> Castro didn't become um, president of Cuba until right about the same exact time period. Okay. So the, the mob was already extremely powerful okay. um, by the mid-50s. And, and here we're talking about the mob's takeover of the labor unions. Okay. And, and that's what, what Robert Kennedy was most interested in. So I think they were separate issues. Then they dove into like organized crime a little bit after that. I mean, did, did it weaken the mob? What happened in Cuba? It did, you know, to a certain extent, because they had a little bit less money. In Cuba, in. but but did it make it so that they worked harder in in America? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's a, it's a, to me to be a question. You'd be like, well, I wonder why. You know, if it was right around the same time. I mean, when did Bobby really start getting the, you know? Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I mean, we talk a little later on about um, 
you know, when the mob started getting real involved in Vegas. Oh, and so that might have been, you know, maybe there was some correlation there. Um, with skimming and, and stuff? Yeah, at the casinos and offering, you know, muscle for the casinos. I mean, they kind of took over the town. Um, and so you're right, maybe they kind of left Havana and. Yeah, and I kind of wonder what would have happened if they stayed in, in Cuba. I think the same thing would have happened. I, I think, think it would happen. I mean, they were trying to take over wherever they could. Yeah. So, I mean, they were, I don't think they would have been like, okay, we're not going to go deal with Las Vegas because. What happens is so much fun in Cuba? Yeah, I mean, they're just going to keep getting as big as they can. That's my guess. Um, but uh, the, the other interesting thing here is just that um, the <coughs> fact that Robert Kennedy was able to become the chief counsel on this extremely public and visible committee, um, you know, is really a testament to the power of Joe Kennedy. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he was young. I don't know what his age was, but um, well, I guess maybe if Kennedy was, JFK was. Because he was like eight or ten years younger than JFK, right? Mm -hmm. And so if John F. Kennedy was in his early 40s, then Robert Kennedy would have been in his early 30s. Yeah. Um, so that is really pretty young for somebody yeah. to be the chief counsel for something like this. Um, but anyway. Um, I think it's key that you said that, you know... Actually, I might be wrong about this. I might have to edit some of that. Well, I mean, you said that the mob was, was you know, in with Joe in some dealings and, and uh, behind... Mm -hmm. You know, um, the election of John F. Kennedy, mm -hmm. you know, and helping him along with Frank Sinatra and, you know, and, you know. Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, the thing is, is you got to remember that, though, folks, going in, because once we start talking about some other things, like why did the mob want to kill <laughs> or why might they have wanted to, this has something to do with it. Yeah, and I, I'm going to apologize. I think I misspoke about Joe Kennedy getting Robert that gig. Because actually, um, and I remember reading this now, mm -hmm. I, I was just conjecturing that Joe helped him. Yeah. But in fact, um, Robert Kennedy's decision to uh, investigate organized crime uh, made his dad oh, furious. Yes, yep, yep. Didn't he even try to get one of his buddies to talk him out of it? Uh, yeah, I think I read that somewhere. <clears throat> um, it didn't work or whatever. So he was he was real upset for, for a couple reasons. One was because of his business ties yep. with organized crime. He was worried that, yep. that was going to, those were going to suffer. And also, he was anticipating John F. Kennedy's run for president in 1960. And he was worried that if um, RFK starts kind of going after organized crime, that that could hurt um, JFK's chances. Okay, so, so, so interjection. So how do you fix that? How do you fix that if you're thinking about it right now? Take five seconds. And answer is, hey, money. And not only that, favors, mm -hmm. promises. Well, look, you know, I'll call off the heat once John becomes the president. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Kind of like they're saying like, oh, we're, we're going to talk tough now because that's going to help us get elected. But don't worry. Yeah. It's like once once we're in there, it's going to be, you know, smooth it's, it's kind of like It's kind of like politicians promising... Everything before they're president, and then nobody ever really checking on that and making sure that mm -hmm. they didn't do what they said they were going to do because nine times out of ten they don't. Or they say like, "Oh well, I wanted to do that, but because of this and oh, this, yeah. now I can't." Yeah, blame somebody else. You, you don't know. do that to the mob, though. You don't do that to the mob, okay? You don't. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so Joe Kennedy was was so upset that uh, um, Robert Kennedy's sister Jean 
described an incident during Christmas time in 1956, which was right when Robert Kennedy was kind of moving this direction, where, quote, Joe blasted his son for being ignorant and putting his brother Jack in danger of losing the important backing of labor unions specifically <laughs> for Jack's intended run for president. And you're right, he did enlist. He enlisted a Supreme Court justice. Oh, that's who it was. Okay, yeah. William O. Yep. Douglas. Yep. To try to talk Bobby out of it, um, but Bobby wouldn't budge. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Because he had gotten, you know, that's what he was like. Yeah. Um, and so uh, days later uh, is what it was. Days after this, that Bobby met with um, the the chairman of the committee, John McClellan, um, to discuss all of this, and um, and then he got he got um, added as the chief counsel. Um, so specifically. The, the McClellan committee was tasked to probe corrupt acts by both labor and management, and they focused on the Teamsters Union, um, <clears throat> the leaders of the Teamsters Union in Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, and Portland. I wonder if they happenstanced upon uh, organized crime by uh, investigating the unions. You know, maybe they were, they were jumping on Hoffa and the guy before him. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, they, they actually, didn't they indict... The, the president of the Teamsters before Hoffa was put in? Um, yes, that's why Hoffa was put in. Or something like that? Like they were already investigating that guy? What's his name? Uh, Daly or um, Dealer? Or Dave Beck. Dave Beck, okay, yeah, there you go. Dave yeah, so, uh, yeah, so not only was <coughs> Robert Kennedy the chief counsel, but um, John F. Kennedy, who was a senator at the time, as we already mentioned, was added to the committee as well. And Robert Kennedy helped make that happen. They were both kind of, you know working for each other. So nice brothers, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when John became the president, he made his brother the, the, the attorney, the district attorney or the attorney general. Yeah, yeah and, and the thing about, like, in this time period, the thing about um, labor unions is that they're really being, they're kind of caught in a tug of war in, in so many different ways because you have the mafia kind of moving in and, and taking over and being super powerful. But you also had this historic fear of unions in general because they, there was the thought that they were, um, by their very by their very nature, communistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> because like in the twenties and thirties, and and after that, um, I mean, it, it could be dangerous to your life to try to unionize. Well, isn't it kind of funny though? Honestly, like mm -hmm. when you think about it, the government is supposed to work for the people. Mm -hmm. But basically what they are is muscle, mm -hmm. right, to make sure that nobody else can invade us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's their whole, uh, that's their whole, their whole scheme, right, their whole reason that they need to be that way. Well, I think the mafia tried to do that on their own, <laughs> mm -hmm. saying that you're going to pay us, basically, uh -huh, which yeah. would equal taxes. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're going to pay us. We're not going to call it taxes. We're going to call it muscle money. Mm-hmm. Right? To take care of you. And the government doesn't like anybody stepping on their toes and trying to play government. So, I don't know. Maybe they thought about it like that. You know? We don't want you guys to have to pay the taxes like that. We're just going to help you out. Don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. But they get all the money. And the government would not let that happen. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like not paying your taxes if you're a businessman. But there's also, I mean, <clears throat> there's also some issues in terms of the only people who are allowed to be paid the money... Are, <laughs> yeah. are you know uh, <clears throat> yeah. Italians or you know people of a certain? <laughs> oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah only the contracts you can go to, you yeah. know, Guido and uh, and uh, Giuseppe and then uh, you know. And uh, not that there was only the Italian mafia. No. I mean, there are lots yeah. of other mafias. There's the Irish mafia. 
The Irish Mafia, yep. In Boston, they were huge, right? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Right near us. Oh, yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, uh, shoot. Billy, was it Billy somebody? The big mafia guy, white, white head or white oh, side something or whitey, uh, whitey, Fo whitey Ford or whitey, no, no. whitey Bulger. Whitey. Woo! Okay. Anyway, moving forward. Um, so, uh, um, supposedly, um, one of the reasons why John, John F. Kennedy was added was because, um, they didn't want the the committee just to be full of of people who are kind of from a conservative background who might be overly focused on the, the communistic angle they uh -huh. wanted to focus like because if, if you're blaming just the communists for everything then and that's actually that actually ties into um you know what the how the fbi had functioned because the fbi had been completely focused on um on communism from you know like the end of world war ii right until you know the mid 60s wow. and so and, and that was kind of their reason they focused entirely they focused entirely on communism and they did nothing with organized crime and so there's this there's this historic kind of fear of the influence of communism on labor unions there really was a real chance that this committee would continue down that line and just ignore the impact of organized crime and so i, I do think that um the involvement of the two Kennedy brothers kind of helped that not to happen. It, it enabled that committee to focus on organizing. Yeah, crime, yeah, they could, that and that's that's what did it. I think you're right. Um, man, you're looking at some gruesome, gruesome stuff. I've seen that picture before. That's uh, um, that's is that Sam? That's Sam. Sam Giacana. Yep. Yeah, he yeah he had a rough he had a rough day that day. Yeah, he did. Couldn't even finish his sausages. Poor yeah. guy. Well, he wasn't making them for himself. No, that's what they say. Oh, you think he might have been? Well, I mean, I think it... Well, we'll get to it. But yeah. I think it's clear that the person that came in knew there's a lot of shit around there, man. Uh -huh. There's some questions I got about that that you're going to want to know, too, that you'll never find out. There's lots of questions about a lot of things that were never even, you mm -hmm. know... I don't even know what... If I haven't been able to find the questions out anywhere, it's my question about why. But the obvious questions that nobody has seemed to ever ask. Mm -hmm. And when we get to Sam Giancana, we'll be able to figure that out. Yeah, we actually have him. He is within these pages. Is he part of it? Good. And so we'll see if we if we get there. Cool. Um, so as Bill has already mentioned, um, the committee first dealt with the um, the leader of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, a man named Dave Beck. And following the committee's investigation, Beck was convicted in a state court of larceny and then con convicted of tax evasion in a federal court. He went to prison in 1957. Interestingly enough, he was granted a full pardon by President General Ford in May of 1975. Who, might I add, was part of the... Warren Commission. Coincidence? <clears throat> I don't know. It, it is interesting, like, how many of these mobsters were um, pardoned by, you know, by politicians. You know, guys and gals, do me a favor, okay? Look at presidential pardons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And find out how many presidents, uh, okay, 100% of them, how many presidents since, oh, I don't know, 1960, have pardoned people for heinous crimes without being even noticed that it happened. Yeah, no reason why they're selecting them to Yeah, and to it pardon. seems as if, boy, coincidence, 
makes you kind of want to go, hmm, that all of these pardons happened just before the president left office. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like they always do it that way. Well, you know, I, I mean, I think people think it's so they don't get well, um, political yeah. blowback. Well, of course. Of course, uh, because they have the power to do it, right? And then they do it. The thing is, what happens? It's like, you know, if you've ever seen a mob movie where they go, hey, Joey, don't worry. Just take the fool, right? Mm-hmm. In five years, you get out, we'll have a million dollars waiting for you in a house. There we go. Everything's going to be good. Don't worry, Joey. Just five years of your life. You couldn't have made that money in five years anyway. Would you go to prison for for three years for I would. a million dollars? Oh, yeah? You got damn right I would. Uh, easily. And yeah. I would shut my mouth, too. Especially if I know the alternative is me losing my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? But the bottom line is, then you get that money. So what I think happens? it depends on what prison you go well, to. But think about what the, what the president <laughs> would do. The president would go, okay, I know. I Look, I know I promised you wouldn't go to prison. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But if I, if I, you know, I would have gotten in trouble. We can't have uh-huh. that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just pardon you. Mm-hmm. You know, some people even made money when they were pardoned. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad. We should, somebody, uh, if somebody's watching this, I should have said this in the first episode, but somebody should keep a tally of how many times we say, and then this person was pardoned by president, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. I feel like we've already said it like 10 or yeah. 11 times. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Because Hoffa was too, if I'm not mistaken. You said he was, right? By four. Um, no, this one, we're talking about Dave Beck. Oh, Dave Beck, okay. Although Hoffa was as well. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get to Go that. figure, yeah. All right. um, he, was, he was pardoned by Nixon. Um, <laughs> so speaking of Hoffa, with Beck gone in jail, the presidency of the Teamsters Union went to, they, want, you know, they wanted somebody clean, so they went with uh, Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> 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 um, but even before Hoffa could be brought before the McClellan Committee, he was indicted for attempting to bribe Commission Attorney mm-hmm. John Cy Chisti. Yep. Chisti, I think that's how you say it. Doesn't really matter. No offense to Chisti. <laughs> um, so, so they really um, kind of started right there, you know, going after um, the mob. But, but in the grand scheme of things, that committee was, you know, relatively small compared to what happened when Kennedy became president. Right. Got a lot bigger. Yeah, so when Kennedy became president, as we already had, had mentioned, he made um, Robert Kennedy his attorney general, and then Robert launched what can only be described as an unprecedented war on organized crime. Yep. So here are some facts. I'll just throw these out. So when Robert Kennedy arrived at the Department of Justice, its organized crime and racketeering section was oh, yeah. just... Two or three lawyers <laughs> who were reading files. They weren't even out on the streets, you know, hustling or doing whatever. Is that the right word? <clears throat> whatever. Doing, you know, In one work. way or another, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were just, you know, these two or three lawyers kind of sitting in a back room looking at files. Uh, Robert Kennedy quickly grew that, um, the crime and racketeering section to 60 lawyers, and it became his department's priority. You know, he focused, he refocused them on the mafia. Uh, you know, and if and if you're a criminal, dude, if you're out there and you're an ex-con, you've been to prison, who do you hate the most? Who did you hate the most before you went to prison, learned your lesson, and got out, and now you're a, a really good, you know, person in society? Who's the person you hated the most? The person who put you in prison. There you go. That dirty bastard pro- 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 prosecutor. Mm-hmm. That sat there and looked at you like, ooh, I'm going to get you the whole time. 
Yeah, it's like that movie. Uh, have you ever seen that movie, Cape Fear? Yes. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Nick Nolte was so angry with Robert De Niro. You know, I mean, oh, no, no, vice versa. No, that was vice versa. Robert De, yeah. De Niro was yeah. very angry with. Uh, Nick I mean, Nolte. I mean, so yeah, so that's what I'm. But he was more tenacious than any prosecutor I think any of you guys ever saw in your life. In the oh, the Nick Nolte character. It, no, Robert oh. Kennedy. <laughs> if you if you if you see, watch some of the videos, yeah. watch some of the interviews, oh. and and how. Robert Kennedy cared not who who these people were mm-hmm. or what they could do, yeah, because he saw them as scumbags and, and treated yeah. them as such regardless. And he just <laughs> it wasn't, was awesome. He just wasn't afraid. No, not at all. Not uh, even not even a second. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did he turn around the Department of Justice, but he was the first Attorney General to encourage the other government in, in, government oh. investigative agencies, mm-hmm. um, the FBI, the IRS, and, and other smaller ones to work together to investigate um, the, the national crime syndicates. So he really had kind of a, uh, an impact on well, I mean, all of that. You know, put it this way, right? Mm-hmm. If you were Robert Kennedy, you came up with a great idea, your idea was gangbusters, was kicking ass, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be overshadowed, would you? No. If you were the CIA or the FBI, you'd be like, we want to help help you out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically, it's we don't want to be really made to look stupid. <laughs> so let's just help you. I mean, I might be the guy who always looks for the bad things, right? <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, if your brother is the president, you're going to, yeah, you you're going to essentially get what you want, right? No matter what. Yeah. So you're gonna. Yeah. You're, you, so if if he wants the FBI to do yeah. those things, he may not. I, I don't think it was the FBI going. Hey, Rob, can we help? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, although I'm a little like. Unclear. Did I should know this, but did the director of the FBI report directly to the president, or I think don't they report to the attorney general? Hmm. Here, type that in there. Who does the director of the That's FBI re- report to? Because because I, I kind of th- wonder whether it reports to uh, the attorney general. I think you're right. The FBI is reported by a single ten-year term by the president. Yeah, reports confer- to the attorney general. Yep, reports to the attorney general. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so J. Edgar Hoover technically reported to Robert Kennedy, but that being said, um, <laughs> yeah. J. Edgar Hoover had so much power and influence that without John F. Kennedy, you know, really behind Robert Kennedy, yep. it probably would have been hard to make that happen. Well, you know why J. Edgar Hoover had a lot of authority because he got a lot of dirt on people. <laughs> oh yeah. He was good at that. Oh, he Real was, he good. was very good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with blackmail comes power. Yeah. And actually, speaking of J. Edgar Hoover, I, I have a note, my very next notice about him. Um, it says that Hoover resented being subjected to the controls of the Attorney General, which kind of indicates that maybe he hadn't been so much no. so until no. this time. Yeah. As I already said, he was more interested in catching communists. And also, he wanted, this is kind of silly, but... He really enjoyed kind of dealing with bank robberies, auto thefts, oh, things kept like in that. News. Things that kept, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, the other thing is, I mean, J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, he he, you know, he he was a bigwig. And when you have when you have enough people under your shoe, mm-hmm. under your finger, your wrapped slipper. around your under finger, your under your slipper, I mean, nobody can touch you. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out later on that nobody really could. No, not, well, even, he was like not the, even President Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, he was like the one guy that Kennedy just would never really crossed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you got to keep your friends close and your enemies closer, I think. You yeah. know? Why do you think I'm doing this podcast? <laughs> hey! Oh, oh, no, just kidding. I didn't do that to him. I did, I did, I did that. It's like different. I don't know. It's just space side. Okay, I promised facts and now I actually get to the facts. Woo! So, um, prosecutions for racketeering by the organized crime section in the Justice Department rose by 300% over 1961. And convictions of organized criminals grew by 350%. We're talking like in one year. 350, folks. 350. Yeah. That's Here, huge. Some more facts. Five of the administration's anti-racketeering bills that were pushed by RFK were passed into law by Congress in 1961. Whoa. I mean, think Whoa. how hard it is to actually get things through. <laughs> and it led the wow. FBI to pursue 852 new cases against mobsters and grand juries indicted 134 defendants in federal court. Yep, that's where the untouchables and Elliot Ness came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I, I mean, I don't know if that's true. Oh yeah, it's true. there was a guy named Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness. Yeah, and he was not untouchable. No, he was. When the Untouchables is the name of a show that was that went on a long time ago. Is it a TV show? Or a it movie? was a TV show. Oh, okay. And and um, it was called The Untouchables, and Elliot Ness was the main character who was a a federal um, investigator with a group of people um, that was specially formed to go after nothing but organized crime. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like, a, was that a 60s show or a... 50s. 50s, ooh, wow. F- late 50s, yeah. Um, another fact. So this was, so far we've only talked about like 1961, mm-hmm. but then in 1962, the number of suspected mobsters indicted reached 350. <laughs> This is compared to just 49 in <laughs> 1960. So let's let's recap. There was 49 indicted in 1960, 134 indicted in 1961, and then 350 indicted in 1962. How badass is that? So that's a bit of a it's a bit of a shift. You know, and and we we hope what's going to happen here is, I mean, maybe not so much with John Kennedy. In relation to what I'm going to say, then Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it's because we don't know enough about how bad Robert Kennedy was. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, boy, you're going to find a lot of respect for Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. A, because we don't know a lot about the bad things he's done or if he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, but all we see are the we good things. We know a few of the things. Like what? Well, I mean, my Oh, husband. yeah, he did have sex with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. When he was married to Ethel. Beautiful and maybe one. covered, and perhaps <laughs> covered up. We don't know this for for a fact. Oh, the but, murder! But perhaps covered up her death. Yeah, maybe we'll get into that. But you know, my personal thought on that yeah. is that he was there to warn her. Yeah, I don't think he killed her. No, I don't think he. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I, I mean, really he might don't. have. He might have done some kind of cover up. But, I mean, he might. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, but I, I, I think the people that killed her were the people that knew she could talk. Yeah, and I don't think they told the president. It was one of those things, right? Mm. We want plausible deniability. We know she's going to be a problem. We told her not to go to the freaking party. She went to the freaking party, oh. almost freaking naked, and sang happy birthday, right? Mm. And the next thing you know... How, how, how long was it after that famous happy, happy birthday song? I believe it was less when, than a month. So it was pretty soon. I mean, it's possible she just died of a drug overdose. No, and, no, no. Not a know, chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Trust me, I know enough about it. I've read and I have watched and I have listened. There is no, you know, it actually no way she was she committed suicide. None 
absolutely none. No, I agree with you. I'm remembering now some other stuff. I well, remember. put it this way. I'll give you one little one little tier of knowledge, one little Easter egg for you before we get into, into her. Marilyn Monroe died of an overdose. Yet, after her body was found, her freaking, her freaking, her freaking cleaning lady stayed for six hours, and when the police got there, she was cleaning clothes. Now, think about that. I don't care if it's 1950, 60, 70, 30, 2010, whatever. Who's going to just stay there and continue to do laundry with the person that hired you dead? Right there, dead. We could say that you know she didn't know she was dead. No, the police questioned her. Oh, and she said she wondering was why she was washing clothes. What'd she say? Well, I just I knew I needed to do it. I, <laughs> I, I don't I cannot fathom it, folks. Okay, how does that work? Hello, wake up. Circumstances, right? Right? Circumstances. Questions that weren't asked enough. Like, why would anybody? You, you think? Oh, she was so traumatized and she just. Stop it. I kept doing your Stop laundry. it. Stop it. And, and, and I probably would have said, are you kidding me? You, you could be washing something very important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Oh, I see where you're going with this. You know? Yeah. You think that's why she was washing it? Mm-hmm. Maybe she was told to wash it by the people that showed up before the cops got there. Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe. This is why I could never be a cop. I'm just like, oh, she, you know, it was silly that she was washing the clothes. And I was like, oh, it's evidence. It's like, what in the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> You know, Jesus! Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Robert Kennedy was described as ruthless, and he was willing to use extra legal means to <laughs> his like own that. ends. I like that. <laughs> so his excesses with warrantless and likely illegal wiretaps and bugging of the homes and meeting places of mobsters and mob associates kind of um, it probably pissed the mob off and also... You know, some of it resulted in intelligence that okay. was usable in court. You know what, but. Steve? I got two things. Yeah. One can I have the beer opener. Uh, that's yeah. in, that's very important. I'm sorry. Okay. Thanks, folks. Thanks for thanks for waiting. And then the second is, you know, when Richard Snowden decided to, to blow the whistle mm-hmm. on the NSA and how they are encroaching on our privacies. Mm-hmm. You know. What was that word you used that RK used? Extra legal? Or, or is that just another way of saying... Extra legal, yeah. Saying illegal? Yeah. But because it's national security, it's so fucking K? Yeah. Yep, I think so. What gives him... Now, I'm just saying, again, you'll hear me talk about both sides. But if you're thinking about an, an encroachment of privacy, why wouldn't... Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't crime members, before they're convicted, given the same rights as anybody else? Yeah, they really weren't here. At least not by him. He was willing to... He, well, he he authorized on what? On what? On what evidence? He authorized, you know, uh, 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 wiretapping and, and bugging uh, on what evidence? Well, I think when they got information in illegal ways... Well, then why would they have to they say extra legal then? They weren't able to use that intelligence in court. So essentially what they would do is they would... I think they would get information, you know, through these extra legal methods... It would it would to help. convict for something bigger. It would no. It would help them kind of understand what was going on, and then then they would go and they would obtain. Then then that would help them to. It would help them position themselves to get. So that makes it not an invasion of privacy. Oh no! It was an invasion of privacy. It doesn't See, make it right. That's kind of my point, right? I mean, yeah. so that's now when you say, well, you know, why was the mob pissed? Mm-hmm. Well. Oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be too. Yeah, of course. 
I they guess were, they were doing illegal things. If they were doing it for the right reasons, I get it. But that's a whole other ball of wax, right? When you talk about who knows what's bad and what's good, and the people that make the decisions are the ones that it's okay yeah. for them to do that. So it's like where the mob can say, you know, we're doing illegal things, and that should be okay. You know, if you catch us, you yeah. better catch us using legal methods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Yep. Because yep. I mean, the the mob, I'm sure they covered up their tracks through. Well, that's another thing where, where the where the where the where the criminals hide behind the Constitution. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like you know we can do whatever we want, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the, the the law has to. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like like until until they got smart with the Fifth Amendment, you could just say I plead the Fifth and never have to say a damn word. Mm -hmm. But then, the Feds got smart and said, "Well, we'll grant you immunity. That means that you cannot plead the Fifth." Mm -hmm. Or you'll go to jail. So okay. now you got to talk. And that's why uh, 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 Marcello got killed. That's mm -hmm. how Marcello got killed, because he had to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question that I just threw in here. Um, a question for you. And there is an answer, but... I mean, there's there are some, some answers. Mm -hmm. But So if Robert Kennedy's dad's business had benefited so much from Mafia help, if the mafia had helped JFK win elections and probably even win the presidency, why was it that RFK was so obsessed with going after them? Hmm. Because he didn't know. Okay, I'm sure he knew. Yeah, I'm sure he knew those facts about. I'm sure he knew that his dad had business ties and and that they had been involved in. Kennedy's election campaigns. I mean, he had worked so closely with Kennedy's Oh, all right. Election. So maybe we go back to the whole thing where his dad said, don't worry about Bobby. Once John becomes president, it'll all go away. Yeah, but I mean, his dad was furious with Bobby Kennedy for, for doing this. So it's not like but maybe it's not he, like it was Joe's plan. But maybe he made that plan after that yeah, decision maybe. was made, right? But I'm just saying why. Because, I mean, there had to be a meeting between, between the mob heads and Joe after this shit started happening. And Joe would have had to have because if he didn't, I bet you Bobby would have been killed right then and there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, right? The, I think the only thing that kept Bobby alive mm -hmm. <laughs> was his father. Yeah, well, yeah, for a little while anyway. Uh, yeah. You know? But, but why is it that Bobby Kennedy would... Because it's not just that he did this. It's a, it's like he, he looked at them as... He treated them like, like they were his enemies yeah. and went after them with a vengeance. You know, why was that when they had done so much for his family? Yeah, that's actually a good question. You know, it's other than, you know, you could say, well, he did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, That's like the that, only is thing. Is that it? Is that the only... Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, what other reason would it be? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, um, unless it was unless he knew about the setup the whole time. I mean, the setup that you... You're, that he's going to do this and then he's going to stop and then... But then, then he didn't then stop. Then he didn't stop. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, maybe that was the game the whole time. Yeah. Maybe that was a game that Bobby had the whole time when his dad spoke to him. Uh -huh. Or when his dad spoke to him after he spoke to the mob. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, And said, hey, look, Bobby, yeah, go for it, man, go for it. You yeah. know, But he didn't tell Bobby that he was talking to the mob and said it was going to go away. He, Joe, I'll bet you, uh -huh. encouraged his son, then uh -huh. told the mob, don't worry. And uh, maybe he thought that it wasn't possible for Bobby to get that far. Yeah. Maybe Bobby was just more successful than <laughs> Joe thought. Yeah. He could be. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have it's, an answer. It's, for yeah, it. think about it. But I mean, I, it's definitely viable either way. You know, I like to think he did it just because he knew he was he could do it. Mm -hmm. it could be anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after the mob had, like I like I already said, after they had helped the Kennedy family in multiple ways, and then Kennedy gets elected president, and they go after the mob. 
that kind of pissed the mob off. And, uh, and here's some of the, the quotes from some of the, the mob members. So, oh, yeah. um, and here's some information that, that the government got using these wiretaps that may or may not have been legal. Uh, <laughs> so, Angelo Bruno, Angelo Bruno, boss of the leading organized crime family of Philadelphia, um, was overheard talking with um, one of the guys. Uh, his, one of his Cape regime. Do you know what that means? It's, um, it's like a mob term, Cape regime. I don't no idea what that means. Whatever. One of his guys, yeah. Willie Weisberg, and he said, "See what Kennedy done. With Kennedy, a guy should take a knife, like one of them other guys, and stab and kill the fucker where he is now. Somebody should kill the fucker. I mean it. This is true, honest to God. It's about time to go. But I tell you something. I hope I get a week's week's notice." I'll kill right in the fucking in the White House. Somebody's got to get rid of this fucker. So that was one thing that he said. Um, the other guy, another one is uh, Michelino Michelino Clemente. I apologize for all of the mangling of, of uh, the Michelinoing. Michelinoing. <laughs> Michelino Clemente. Um, he was a uh, one of the Genovese family. He said. Bob Kennedy won't stop today until he puts us all in a jail all over the country. Until the commission meets and puts its foot down, things will be at a standstill. So essentially he's saying, like, we need to take a step back and figure out what to do. <laughs> when we meet, we all got to shake hands and sit down and talk. And if there's any trouble with a particular regime, it's got to be kept <laughs> secret. And only the heads are to know about it. Otherwise, some broad finds out. And finally, the newspapers. <laughs> We know what happens when a broad finds out. So, I mean, that's an, it's an interesting quote because it's like, oh, how does that, you know, it, it seems a little askance. But what? But to me, it's kind of significant because essentially what he's saying is, is like, this is so serious that we need to all lay low yep. and figure out what we're going to do. Yep. You know, and this is this is in um, mid-1962. Yep. Oh, and by the way, on, on, a, on a different note, mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe died less than three months after she sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Oh, and she made a hair appointment the day after. After the, she died. The next day. Yeah, she made the day before, the the day she died. She made the appointment for the next day for her hair appointment. Mm-hmm. Now again, you're gonna hear this. Ding ding, Easter egg. You're gonna hear this. That peep. There's a lot of people that died with the JFK case that mm -hmm. planned things mm -hmm. to return a gun the next day. Mm -hmm. Right to 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 you know don't forget to do this. Why why mm -hmm. why? Unless it if you're thinking with a brain, you you you're not suicidal if you're making plans the day before to get a haircut, and, or you you remind your 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 secretary to make sure you do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible that somebody could, you know, make a make a, an appointment and then, you know, have a, you know, get into a different mindset later in the night. I mean, that's possible. We're just playing devil's advocate. Let's talk about chances of. Yeah, probabilities. Or how many times has happened in American history that a person that made plans for the next fucking day, the, sorry about my French, the day before... Is the official word that it was a suicide? Uh -huh. Like the official word isn't that it was just an accidental drug overdose? No, I think it was suicide. Like, so she took like a bunch of sleeping pills. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, but 
There's so much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was lividity on the body, mm-hmm. meaning she was moved after death. Yeah. So why yeah. would somebody move her? Yeah, I remember that. There were no needle marks on her body anywhere. They searched for them specifically. She had uh, barbiturates in her system that were more than the amount of barbiturates she had mm-hmm. in her home. And the only way they could have done that is if they gave it to her anally with an enema mm. because it would have went right into her system. There were so many, so many drugs in her system. Goodness gracious. She had talked to people on the phone, documented. That night? Yeah. Talking about, oh yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, I'm so excited about my next movie, blah, 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 blah. Goodness. But I'm going to kill myself in three hours. Yeah. Crazy, right? There's so many, when we get into it, guys, there's, there's just so much crap behind all this. If you're not converted to a critical thinker by the time we're done with this podcast, then there's something wrong with you. Either either you're a you're you're a you're a you know a eunuch, or or you're or you're or you're some sort of an alien that doesn't understand. I think eunuchs can think. You I know. think they have. A <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I don't know what being a eunuch has to do. How are you? Know? <laughs> when were you a eunuch? I've never been a eunuch. Then you can't say. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm saying that I, I don't know. Um, maybe. What are you? What are you? The president of the stick up for the eunuch? Eunuch. I'm fund? just saying, like you know, there's the the expression, you know, the, like think with your dick, right? You know, this person thinks with their dick. This person thinks with their dick. But if you don't have one, then maybe you think with your brain. But but what happens if you don't have a brain? Or a dick? <laughs> then you're a eunuch. <laughs> We just lost our. When's heart. the last time that a eunuch had a dick? Does a eunuch have a dick? I don't think so. There you go. So they can't think with their dick. That's what I mean. So that so that means they no longer are thinking down there. They're thinking up here. What if up here isn't working right? But that could be. I'm just confused. What is if a mentally disadvantaged eunuch? Yes, there. I think they would have trouble figuring it out. Okay, You're right. Um, but I, you realize we've now we've, we've lost all of our eunuch listeners. You've managed to offend yet another demographic. Wait a minute. Nothing wrong with eunuchs, man. Probably, I bet like 80% of our um, listeners were probably eunuchs. At one point. At one, not anymore. Until they grew up. <laughs> you ever seen that movie, um, you ever seen that movie, um, History of the World Part 1? That's what I always think of when I think of eunuchs. No. Wait. Oh, was that um, uh, Monty Python? No, it was Mel, it was Mel um, Brooks. Oh, Mel Brooks. And uh, and I remember when I remember the scene with the eunuchs is like there's a guy who's running from like the because there's all these eunuchs there and he's running away from the people trying to kill him yeah and so he goes and hides with the eunuchs and he's standing there <laughs> and so they don't know which one is the guy who's not the eunuch see so what they do is they have like this they have like this lady come and dance like they're wearing these <laughs> these things <laughs> these very kind of um, flimsy. Uh, <laughs> Things and they have this lady come and you know dance. Do that so, again. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to titillate the our audience too much. Um, he said tit. <laughs> Go ahead. You have to edit all of them. Yeah. Um, and so oh, yeah. So, or not. So that's the way that they figured out who the non-eunuch was. Why? How? How? Use your imagination. Were they thinking with something? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was wondering how we're going to get to fifty-one. We're on our last note of this. Woo! 
And we just can't seem to get there. Um, okay, so here's my last note of this little segment. Um, so during a meeting with Jose Ailman and Santos Traficante... That bastard. ...during the month of September 1962, Traficante said, This man Kennedy is in trouble, and he will get what is coming to him. Ailman argued that JFK will get reelected. So he's oh, it's saying Aleman. What? Aleman? Aleman. Aleman. So Aliman argued to Traficante, what do you mean he's not in trouble? Like er, mm-hmm. He's not in trouble, he's going to get re-elected, he's doing well in the polls. And Traficante replied, no Jose, he's going to be hit. It turned out that Ailman was an FBI informant. Yep. And he passed this information directly to J. Edgar Hoover. Ailman didn't believe that Traficante was personally involved, although I think he might have been mistaken. Yeah, um, me too. Aliman um, had the impression that Jimmy Hoffa was going to be principally involved in the elimination of JFK. So um, Aliman repeated all of this information to FBI agents George Davis and Paul Scranton in Miami, and uh, it turned out that ultimately when it went to J. Edgar Hoover, he didn't do anything with it. Of course he didn't. He kind of filed it away. Although... I mean, I know... Well, didn't they say something to the JFK uh, aides or something, too? That, and they, they just didn't believe him or thought he was just making it up? That was a different threat, oh, okay. I think. That was a more specific threat about, like, one of his trips. Okay. Um, this was just a... Because this was a good year ahead of time. Oh, that where, might have been Sam the Man. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, maybe, yeah. This was, like, a year before the okay. assassination where they were... Where this FBI informant said that... Uh, or... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, an FBI yeah. informant said that there was going to be, that there was something brewing, and the FBI was just like, yeah, well, you know, we either don't believe you or we're not going to look into it. 